You are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast with your host, Jeff Engler. What is up, everybody? It is your captain back at it again with another episode of the 100% Elite Podcast, episode 62. It has been another jam-packed week of AEW content. We got a lot of stuff to dive into this week. Uh, Another episode of Dark that was long, not too long this time, Uh, an episode of Dynamite that in my opinion, was fantastic. A lot of storylines were furthered. A lot of storylines were uh, finally shown to to what the the end game is possible. Um, and we get into a little bit of news. Um, but before we do any of that stuff, make sure if you guys are on an Apple device, uh, hit that five stars, uh, subscribe. Leave a review. I read the review last week. It was awesome. Uh, Definitely thanks again, guys, uh, for the support. I I definitely appreciate it. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you go follow the 100% Elite Podcast Twitter page at 100 Elite Pod. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in 100% Elite Podcast. It'll put you right in there. Subscribe to that. Hit the notification bell. We will be restarting the YouTube content um, very, very soon. But without further ado, let's get into some news. It's not a lot. There's not a lot of news going on right now. Um, So the little bit of news that I got is Nick Camarado is joined the Nightmare family. Uh, making it bigger and bigger because also <laughs> Aaron Solo has joined the Nightmare family. Uh, you know, Lee Johnson this week having a, a big match. Uh, we'll get into it more in Dynamite, but as we all know, he finally got his all elite uh, contract. So this is big news for Lee Johnson, especially on this podcast. We've been putting over him. He's done the work. He sells great. He works great. He's fast in the ring. He's he's gotten a lot tighter with all the stuff that he's done, and he's definitely earned this spot the old-fashioned way. We'll get into more of uh, of you know what what entails and what storylines. It seems like they're already brewing up with him. It's really really. Um, unique it's pretty cool um so other than that we have one little bit and it has to do with that same match so cody Rhodes. so this is coming from dave Meltzer. so i don't know how true this is because for some reason that guy seems like he knows everything and then some of it just turns out not to be true at all i don't know what i don't know where he gets most of his information but uh cody has a slight torn uh rotator cuff in this match we'll talk about the, the spot it was like a uh, like an SOS Cesar Bononi is the one who did it uh, you can tell in the match when he starts you know definitely wincing and stuff like that on his shoulder but we don't know if it's a if it's a work if it's a shoot you know what I'm saying like I don't know if he's really truly hurt uh, you know he said that he'd be fine or 
you know, in this statement that apparently is all over the internet, that he'll be fine for the match with Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill uh, and him and Red Velvet. So not too worried about it. Maybe uh, maybe he'll get you know things taken care of after that. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully it's really nothing and, you know, Cody can go back to doing doing work. But that's pretty much all the news I got for you guys. Nothing too much. Uh, so let's dive right into Dark. Uh, so the Nightmare family was right up front. Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall versus the Jersey Muscle. The Jersey Muscle Society. I almost forgot that. I mean... You, they're easily forgotten, so it's fine. Very Morales was there also their their tag partner in this. It was, you know, it was what it was. I mean, there was a standing moonsault by QT, the the master of the dad bod style, is uh, pulling out some new tricks. Um, you know, putting putting this Nick guy over a lot, man. They really are putting the time in with this guy. He it was basically a showcase for him. Uh, you know, nice little mass match for, for this guy. Um, there was this, uh, tossing face plant combo. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool, man. I, I like to finish this match. Um, you know, obviously the nightmare family going over here. Uh, next match was SCU versus Aaron Solo and Lee Johnson. So basically the nightmare family. Um, <laughs> best Meltzer ever for the win here. Um, it was a nice little back and forth match. Obviously, uh, CD and, and Kaz still, you know, continuing their storyline of if they lose CD and him are done. SU is done forever. Uh, the next match was Brian Cage versus Jake St. Patrick. Holy shit, dude. Brian Cage fucked this dude up. Double power bomb into a backbreaker, and then the drill claw for the win. Very short, but uh, definitely padding a record for Brian Cage here. The next segment, not match, was the Acclaim cutting a rap promo on MJF and Chris Jericho. It was actually pretty entertaining. I like it. I like this team. I like what they what they bring. They, they're very, very entertaining. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of them because they have a match on Dynamite this week, obviously, with MJF and Chris Jericho. Um, definitely some some stuff going on there. After this, we had Nyla Rose versus Miranda Alzine. Uh, beast bomb for the win here. This was uh, short, sweet, and Nyla picking up uh, a win. So finally getting to see her. I, I, we don't see her that frequently on Dynamite. I wonder... I wonder why. Um, next match was Pac versus VSK. Um, brutalizer for the win here. There was, It was a nice little competitive match for what it was. Uh, this VSK guy, you know, getting in a, l- a little bit of offense on Pac. He didn't just steamroll him. He actually, he got in some, uh, got his shit in, as they would say. Um, after this, we had KC Navarro versus Sonny Kiss. Uh, dude, this is a way better finisher. Listen here, split stunner for the win. It's a way better finisher than the splits off the top rope. At least he can put somebody out with this. I mean, obviously Stone Cold used the stunner for years. And so this is definitely more of an aggressive side of Sonny. I'm glad he's finally, you know, leaning into that shit. Uh, definitely 
you know, nice little dark match for sure. Next match was Alex Gracia versus Ty Conti. Uh, submission win for Ty Conti. This was actually a great match, man. Uh, I really like these two. Um, the way that they worked in the ring, it was it flew, you know, was very fluent. It, it looked great. Obviously, Ty Conti is just, I mean, on another level. Um, I love the way that she works. The moves, her move set is just uh, is different. It's a lot different than the other girls. Uh, she definitely uses some real martial arts backgrounds, or her real martial arts background in her in her style so um it, it it was it was definitely a decent match next match ryan nemeth versus marco stunt um i wasn't expecting much from this match at all and you didn't really get much by this match so this promo by ryan at the beginning to start this match was he basically came out and he's like i know you guys hate me you hate that I'm good looking. You hate that I'm a Hollywood hunk. You, you know, hate that I'm uh, this. I'm smart and blah blah blah. But it's okay. You can say that you love Ryan. And he tries to get like this. Uh, I love Ryan chant going, and it just is like uh, he seems very pleased with himself. But you know, Marco Stunt definitely taking it to him. Uh, Ryan hits a a neck breaker for the win. Uh, uh, FTR's music distracting Marco. Uh, this is this is a nice little touch. So the FTR and Jurassic Express storyline is still ongoing, even in the dark segments. Um, so after this, we had a match: the Captain Sean Dean and Carly Bravo. The Infantry uh, has arrived versus Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Um, obviously this match was to pad their record for their match on dynamite, uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi, you know, martinis for the win, uh, good first match for Charlie Bravo and AW. Um, but they cut a little promo beforehand on uh, social media and I'm going to go ahead and play it. Normally I don't do these enhancement guys like promos and stuff like that. But this one was done really, really well. I really enjoyed it. I love this tag team. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the captain. Um, that's why I'm a captain. Um, and so let's just roll it. For months now, I've been on AEW Dark looking for the perfect partner. And I haven't found him yet. Until now. And that partner has been right here at home. But instead of me explaining it, yo, bravo. I'll give him the deal. Yes, yes, yes. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, allow me to reintroduce myself. See, I am bad news and tattoos. I am the personification of a standing ovation. See, they call me Carly Bravo. And the man's smile, right? Whoa, he is no stranger to the fight. See, this is the captain, Sean Dean. And with the AEW tag team division turning into an absolute war zone, the captain here knew that he was gonna need somebody just like him that was made from war. Somebody just like him that was trained for war. And ladies and gentlemen, who better than the two-time United States Marine Corps combat veteran and all-around American rebel, Carly Bravo. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go to war, but have no fear, because the infantry is here. Now you copy them. Man, I really loved this promo. I, I don't know what it is 
uh, about these guys, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what they do. Finally, Sean Dean has some, um, you know, has some play in this uh, tag division now because he's been, you know, teaming with random people, you know, off and on, off and on, and having some singles matches. He's one of the guys out of anybody who I think should be getting, you know, that all elite. I've put him over a million times on this podcast. I think he's great. Uh, So this tag team, maybe he can find his way in. So if you're not familiar with Carly Bravo, he is part of the Nightmare Factory. So Nightmare Factory is QT's and Cody's wrestling school so this is where you know alan angels came up in uh preston vance um you know a bunch of people anna J. uh so you know a lot of people who are doing really really well in aew um are are coming up uh, through that means so this is great for them i really really hope that they get some kind of a push or just start doing some storyline uh you know, ideas, you know, I think it would be great for them, even the enhancement guys to start maybe wrestling each other and having, you know, stories play out on social media. Like it doesn't matter. Just make them make the matches matter. You know what I mean? That's all I care about. Um, the next back, speaking of Preston Vance, uh, the next match was 10 versus Baron Black. This was actually a nice back and forth. Obviously the big power bomb. For the win from Preston Vance, 10, whatever you want to say. His new mask looks dope. It's like a 10 over his eyes. Um, you know, definitely changing it up, looking pretty cool. Um, the guy's a monster, man. He's been getting a lot of wins here on Dark. I wonder if they're giving him like a bigger push somewhere or if, you know, uh, maybe he's just going to make a bigger play in the Dark Order to where he's, he's in more... More dyna- uh, more of a dynamic role is what I'm getting at. Getting all these wins on Dark. Other than that, next match. Diamante versus Red Velvet. Obviously, Red Velvet's got this big match coming up. So let's pad that record to make her look like a, you know, an actual opponent for the, the fucking Glamazon Jade Cargill. Um, a stiff fucking German by Diamante in this match. I mean really stiff almost dumped her right on her fucking head um red velvet hitting this absolutely flawless uh standing moonsault splash it was i mean it was beautiful it really was uh and then hitting the heel kick that spinning heel kick uh into the running boot for the win it has a fucking name i don't know why they don't put it over on commentary this is the one thing that i hate about dark right now is that Taz and Excalibur get a little excited and they start choking around and then they, you know, get to the finish and he just says what the move is, but he doesn't say the the name because they all have these little names, these little gimmick names, and I just love them. I I can't get enough of the gimmick names. I don't know why. I just do. Um, So, yeah, fucking put the damn moves over, Excalibur. Come on. You used to be great at it. And now you're too worried about playing grab ass with Taz on ex- on fucking commentary. Um, the main event match uh, was Jack Evans versus Joey Janela. Obviously, this was meant to pad Joey Janela's record for that TNT title shot uh, that opened up 
dynamite this week. This was this was actually a really fun match. I mean, there was a really dope Poison Rana into like a quick super kick um, by Joey. It was like a back and forth thing. So basically hit the Poison Rana, then Joey gets up, super kicks Jack Evans, and they both fall down. Kind of like one of those last ditch efforts. Like, this is all I got. I'm going to super kick him after I just got fucked by that Poison Rana. Um and package pile driver, very stiff looking, and then a big elbow drop for the win. Joey Janela picking up this win here, like I said, padding that record. Nice, short, dark. Man, 16 minutes in, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> normally, it's like 35. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to finally be getting through some of these darks on at a decent time instead of two and a half hours long of material to cover. Um, I, I, I just wish, so none of these matches, in my opinion, really meant anything, like at all. I mean, looking at, at all the, I, basically the only thing that I can see having some kind of, um, you know, furthering of a storyline at all is maybe Diamante and Red Velvet's match. Maybe Jack Evans and Joey Janela. I mean, maybe, because he obviously beat him clean in the ring, so it shouldn't. Um, and then, you know, the captain, Sean Dean and Charlie Bravo, you know, finally becoming a tag team. That's that's about it. Other than that, all of the matches on this card are throwaways. Like, absolute throwaways. Uh, it's not that they are not great matches. It's just that there's no buildup. There's no feuds. There's no storylines. So it just... They're meaningless. That's my only gripe with Dark. I wish this was another just form of dynamite to where we can get more storylines, dive in deeper to some of these uh, local talents or some of these new signees. Shit, you have such a fucking big roster. Start telling their stories too. Not just the main event guys on Dynamite. Start telling me Preston Vance storyline with you know, some fucking random dude. Tell me an SCU uh, actual story, not against an enhancement, guys, which I guess Aaron Solo and Lee Johnson aren't exactly enhancement anymore, but, uh, I mean, come on. This has got to go somewhere. It's got to go back to what Dark was in the beginning where they had these Dark matches. I mean, shit, Kenny Omega and Joey Janela had a fucking barn burner lights out you know, tables, ladders, chairs, everything was involved. Just this killer fucking match. And it actually showed up on Dynamite. They played clips. Uh, they had another match to follow up on Dynamite to finally finish the feud. Like the story continued and it made you have to go back and watch that match. Um, so that's my only gripe. I know this is, you know, we talked about this a million times. This is Tony Khan's like... Hey, I'm just paying these people. I'm like, you know, the Lord and Savior Tony Khan. So I got to do this kind of thing. I mean, you don't. You can make some storylines. You can pitch some shit to people. I mean, come on. I don't see or hear one person asking to have meaningless matches. I mean, there's... There's not one fan on any of these websites that go, oh man, I love AEW Dark because it's just random throwaway matches. We watch it because we want to see more of the people that we're into and we want to see new talent shine. Um, 
you know, in in ways that are deserving and earned and things like that, or, you know, brought up by storylines. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things about Dark that I, I can't wait until the pandemic's over because a lot of these things will go away. Um, other than that, that was Dark this week. Um, let's get into a little bit of the Impact Corner. So, um, all I really saw was Private Party kind of, you know, interjecting themselves, causing a DQ on the tag match. So it was Chris Sabin and James Storm versus the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and the Big LG. Um, now, they caused this DQ. So this doesn't really happen in AEW. Like, there really isn't a lot of DQ matches. So. It's kind of weird to see this, but basically, Private Party want to face the Good Brothers at No Surrender, I think is the next pay-per-view, whatever it is. Um, so they they caused uh, a DQ for, you know, basically the title holders to keep the, the fucking titles. So they, they interjected themselves and then kind of walked away. And that was it. That was really all you got from the AEW Impact stuff. Uh, over there like I said if they could just you know get some of their people around the ring fucking just straight up copy AEW like WWE did who gives a shit at this point your product is so like it's you can't watch it you can't watch Impact without going wow this just seems like practice like it seems not like doesn't seem like wrestling. Like you cannot get into. I mean, they're great matches. Don't get me wrong, but when you can hear every little creak in the fucking ring, and you can hear crickets, and you can hear when the commentary team are tapping their fucking pens, are yawning. Like it just, it takes away from the fucking match so much to where it just brings me out of it. And I'm just like, I I can't I can't watch this shit. Um, but I will continue to bring you guys the stuff that AEW uh, has, you know, put on their show. Obviously, we got another Tony Khan uh, basically saying he is the Forbidden Door in one of these paid advertisement uh, playing during the Impact Wrestling um, stream or whatever the fuck they're on. Access TV channel. <laughs> basically, is paid Paid infomercials where they put over AEW Dynamite over the whole the whole thing. So that was it for the Impact Corner. So now, after dark, after the Impact Corner, we normally get in to the official homework of the week. All right, guys. The official homework of the week is a fantastic match. Jay White versus Kenny Omega. New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is when Kenny Omega was the IWGP US champ. Um, this is a fantastic match. This is one of those feuds that I loved watching. Um, I mean, Jay White has been on a tear lately. I really like his style. Real hard hitting, you know. Plus, he does some of the big stuff too. Uh, really, I mean, he went with Kenny Omega. Ken, this is Kenny Omega's prime time. This is when Kenny Omega was doing these, I mean, just absolute killer matches every single time he went out there. I mean, he still has them, but I mean, this is prime time Kenny Omega. And Jay White holds his own. 
Uh, it's a really fucking great match. So if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, the homework is actually a segment where you tell me what you think about this match. So go on the YouTubes and just type in Jay White versus Kenny Omega. It'll pop right up. You can watch uh, highlights if you just want to, or if you want to watch the entire match, like I always do, uh, you can find it on probably like daily motion or something like that for free, but tell me what you think. So hit me up on Twitter at J Engler 88 or at the official hundred percent elite podcast, Twitter page at a hundred elite pod. Um, and tell me what you think. Tell me, uh, give me a, a rating. You can even Dave Meltzer this shit. I don't care. Or you can just give me like a one through 10. Uh, it's definitely a point system. So, you know, uh, one bite, everybody knows the rules. So, um, yeah, tell me what you think and give me your review ski of the match. Um, but without further ado, let's get right into Dynamite. All right, everybody, to start off uh, Dynamite this week was Joey Janela versus Darby Allen TNT championship uh, match here. This is starting Dynamite off right, in my opinion. I think Darby Allen should be defending this title each and every week, uh, just like Cody did. I thought that was the best way to get this title over. I thought uh, it made it just as important as the AEW championship. I mean, we see it a lot more when Cody had it, at least. Uh, so Darby working from, you know, the bottom of the cell uh, on this one. Like, it it doesn't, I don't know. I think Joey Janela is definitely uh, one of his biggest rivalries. If you go back and look at their... There's stuff on YouTube. I mean, they put each other through hell, and they did the same thing in this match. I mean, Darby hits like a bullet on his dives, man. He just tucks his head, puts that shoulder right out, and and full blasts people. It's, I mean, it's amazing. I think he's got the best dives in all of pro wrestling. They look fantastic. He's not waiting for somebody to catch him. He's just, you know, caution, you know, like I said, he puts that shit in a, in a fucking barrel, puts gasoline on it and lights it on fire, just like Ray Phoenix. Uh, they're nuts, but springboard, uh, counter coffin drop into a German by Joey was fucking sick. Uh, then he hits a super kick. Um, I mean, these guys were going at it. I really, I really hated the way that Joey Janela has been going lately I feel like he's such on a back burner uh, spot and maybe he just hasn't been, you know, in Jacksonville a lot because he's also been doing like indie promotion stuff too. Um, you know, so this is a great way for him to get back into that singles division. Um, but Darby was working on an arm, man. He was picking up heart. Joey's arm C- keeps working it and working it. And, uh, it, it was, it was nice to see him have some psychology. Um, you know, that snap pile driver by Joey was fucking vicious. Uh, the avalanche code red by fucking Darby Allen was a nuts uh, coffin drop for the win here. Uh, it was a great match. Uh, definitely worth watching. 
Darby Allen, you know, uh, retaining his title. I hope I, I really do. I hope he starts defending his title every fucking week, giving people shots just like uh, Cody did. I think it, it was a fantastic idea, an open invitation. I know he's got this big build in Revolution, but that's a street fight match, not for the title. So give give these people what they want, and we want title fucking shots. Um, or we want title matches, not title shots. You know what I mean. Um, next thing was an incredible, incredible promo by John Moxley. Now let's roll it. Kenta has been calling me out for months from across an ocean, walking around with a stupid little briefcase, talking trash, looking like a dork. So what happened last week was no surprise to me. What happened? Did Kenny Omega and Kenta connect on some Bullet Club Facebook group? No, what I think happened... Kenta realizes the time for cheap talk is now over. And if he wants this, he's going to have to get it done in the ring on February 26th. Me and Kenta are going to stand eye to eye, toe to toe, mano y mano. Two of the hardest hitting, nastiest suckers in the game are going to unload on each other. A war of attrition until one man can't stand up anymore. On February 26th, I'm going to dump you on your head. But that's a sanctioned match for the IWGP United States Championship. Tonight, sanctioned, not so much. Tonight, I team with a man who's tried to kill me multiple times, Lance Archer, against two guys with a common interest to take me off the board. Good luck with that, dudes. Tonight is just for fun. I just, I don't even know how he does it anymore. He just makes such little things seem so perfect. Calling them dorks, uh, saying good luck with the, you know, good luck with that dudes. Like shit like that shouldn't be getting over. And it's, and when it comes out of his mouth, it just sounds sincere. It, we believe it. We, it's so ridiculous. Uh, he called the Bullet Club Facebook group. Like, <laughs> he called them a Facebook group. It's pretty funny. Um, now, after this promo, this amazing promo from John Moxley, which leads into this match later on in the night, um, you know, he's also got that title defense uh, with Kenta on New Japan Strong. Let's, man, I, I'm, I'm watching that one for sure. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be watching closely to see how that match goes. Because, you know, the New Japan style is a lot more, it's a lot more grit. It's hard hitting. It's not so much, I mean, there's some flash there, but I mean, it's hard hitting flash. It's not, you know, let's catch each other. It's like... Uh, I'm going to fucking slam into you <laughs> as hard as I can. Um, but after this, we had Sammy Guevara coming in there with the cameraman, uh, basically saying that he needs to talk to MJF into the inner circle lounge area, if you will. Um, basically, MJF says, all right, guys, everybody out. Uh, you two Wardlow. And so it's just MJF and Sammy Guevara face to face with a cameraman. And they acknowledge the cameraman, which is always nice. I hate when it's supposed to be this, like, we're not supposed to see this kind of stuff. I mean, that's not, I mean, obviously there's a camera guy and a fucking, probably a sound guy. Like, it's all there. Um, now, this starts off with Sammy Guevara uh, basically telling MJF, look, I watched, I watched the show last week. I know what you're doing. You're trying to take over... Um, the fucking inner circle like this isn't right you need to i'm done with this like i'm gonna expose you 
And MJF's like, no, you know, I think you want to take over the inner circle. And basically turns it around. And Sammy ends up saying the same thing. But he forgot to notice that MJF puts his phone on the counter after tapping it. And, you know, after he says what he wants him to say, he's like, uh, basically Sam McVar said, what do you want me to say? I, I, I want to take over the inner circle. I, I, I hate Chris Jericho. Yeah, okay. And he goes, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. And he picks up his phone like he's been recording it the whole time. Sammy Guevara gets pissed, slams it up against the wall, and then punches uh, MJF in the fucking gut as hard as he can. MJF uh, goes down like a sack of potatoes. And um, we get this great segment later, which I'm just going to talk about it now. It's It, it comes on before their match, but basically, um, you know... The inner circle's all waiting to go out there with Jericho to get ready for their match against the acclaimed, and it, it's it's ridiculous. MJF has his fucking ribs bandaged up, like I mean, like Sammy Guevara just shattered his ribs and everything, and MJF's you know wincing on it, and complaining. Oh, I think he broke my rib. Sammy Guevara just you know attacked me. Uh, you know he's a fucking maniac, whatever. And uh, <laughs> Chris Jericho's like, where is he at? Where is he at? So he doesn't come out there. The rest of the inner circle's out there now. And uh, we'll talk about the match a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to get through all the little segments there. That way we can just talk about the match and what happens after the match, uh, which is the, the big important, like super important thing uh, that happened this week. Um but after this, we had Lee Johnson, Cody Rhodes versus Pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Um, this is Lee getting his shot, man. It, it was a nice uh, match. It really was. Uh, it went a little long for me just, just because of who Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi is. They're trying to put this tag team over as well uh, in this match. But Lee Johnson, you know, just... Man, he was on fire in this match. So was Cesar Bononi. Um, he did this nice pump handle face buster, but Cody, uh, this is where he landed slightly on his shoulder. And, you know, I, he has a slight injury from it, like I said in the beginning. Let's see if it's a work or not. Uh, hopefully he's not going into the Shaq match uh, with a hurt arm. That wouldn't be good uh, because then the match would definitely suffer, especially if he was, you know, hoping to pick Shaq up or do anything like that with a hurt arm. I don't think so. So if he is hurt, I see them relying on the women a lot more uh, than than they were going to. So maybe this might expose some flaws with Jade Cargill, or this will be the match of all matches for these two girls. Red Velvet going over here and Jade Cargill getting over uh, sort of thing. Like it, it would just be fantastic. But anyways, back to this match. Uh, Cesar Brunoni hurting Cody, like I said. Uh, <laughs> there was a sweet cutter into a nuts tornado tope suicido um, from Lee Johnson. Like, just, shoo, this guy's on fire. He's he's working great. Uh, quick roll-up by Lee for the win. Uh, thanks all the Rhodes family, the Nightmare Factory, all that stuff. Leaves QT out, like, and QT's looking at him like, what the fuck did you, like, you... You're not going to thank me. I fucking trained you, you piece of shit. <laughs> He's like slow clapping. 
building story right here. So QT is going to get pissed. He's going to have a one-on-one with Q, uh, with uh, Lee Johnson. I guarantee it. It's going to be a phenomenal match. You know, the the student becomes the master sort of uh, type thing. You, you know, I, I think this is going to be fantastic. It's just great storytelling. Uh, hats off to QT and Cody and, and Lee Johnson and Dustin. Like this, this is probably a big bigger storyline than we're thinking it's going to be. Um, with Lee Johnson, this is where you know Tony Khan put out that thing. He worked really hard uh, to get this. This isn't an easy one thing. And I don't. Okay, so when he wins, Lee Johnson looks like it's a very emotional thing. There's no tears. His eyes aren't you know welling up. But we're supposed to believe that he's like crying or like whatever. So he he uh, he definitely didn't prove that to me. He still looked like a uh, <laughs> like like he was just faking it. But I'm sure it is an emotional moment for him getting his big shot, his big win. He's 29 and one now. Um, I mean that was that's as bad as Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. He's lost a lot in this. Uh, <laughs> on this show for real it's uh pretty ridiculous but good for lee johnson um and way to build a storyline guys it's it's i'm excited for it i can't wait to you know sink my teeth into more of this uh hopefully qt uh really dives into it too but after this we had the young bucks uh, cutting a little bit of a promo with the Good Brothers uh, and kind of turning it um, around a little bit. And it's a really funny segment, so let's go ahead and roll it. AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Now, gentlemen, last week during the Tag Team Battle Royal, MJF and Chris Jericho were victorious, earning a future title opportunity. Unfortunately, you two were eliminated pretty early on. What happened last well, week? Well, let's just ask these Why don't we ask these guys what happened? Why don't we ask these guys? How about that number last week, boys? 844,000 to what? A measly little 610. <laughs> the Good Brothers. It was good. The Good Brothers did that. The let's talk about the battle royale. Yeah, can we address that? Yeah. I'm too sweet at Tony Khan, too. Let's, yeah, a, let's address the problem. You guys interrupted me. I get distracted. Boom. You Outside. idiots, if we won the Battle yeah. Royal, we got to pick anybody. It was going to be you. It was going to be the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks at Revolution. The Bull Club Dream Match. Guys, 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 you listen, blew listen, it. Listen, our heat is with the private party. We're out there to distract right. them. It's we not have with you Private Shardy yeah. at Impact Wrestling's No Surrender on February 13th. We didn't mean to mess things up for you Yeah, guys. and who's their heat with, though? Inner Circle. Santana, Ortiz. They eliminated you, brother. That's true. It's true. And That's true. MJF and Brother Jericho doing the Young Bucks pose the Exactly. Who's built hey, your yeah. net worth Pros? and your big ass no, man? Right. You know, you're right. You're that right. pissed me off. Google your net worth. I'm fired up. And you know what, if, Nick? What if I said I didn't? I didn't want to wait until Revolution to defend these titles. Oh yeah, now we're talking. Hear me out. Hear me yeah, out. I like that. What if I said next week we defend these titles? I, I smell a big number. I now smell a big Santana number. Santana Ortiz are a top ranked tag team. Number. We All can right. make this happen. Yeah. How about yeah. next week? Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz for these. Okay. I'm fired I like up. That. I like that. I like you guys that. like that? I like that. Ratings monsters. Okay. Right here. Throw okay. it up. I think the demo is going to be great. Too sweet me. Mm-hmm. Can we, uh, like, like sings around the corner? Can we just do this, like, in the back when it's just us? Like, it's just our thing. We're not embarrassed. It's just, like, it's like our thing we do on the, you know. Sting's a wolf pack. I know. It's a lot of I'll do it. Red and black, brother. Sting next week. Sting, are you too sweet, I mean, come on. These guys are fucking gold. I don't care who you are. If you don't like the Good Brothers, 
uh, you're ridiculous, man, because these guys are hysterical. Hey, Stinger, come to sweet me, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a Wolfpack guy, red and black, man. <laughs> this is just great a shit. And uh, Matt really, you know, laying on the fact that he's like embarrassed of the too sweet now. Um, it's a nice little, nice little dig uh, to the Bullet Club over there, man. The way that they're coming back and forth at each other on Twitter and stuff like this, this has to be turning into something. I mean, there's no reason for it not to be. I know the Young Bucks keep putting over. This is not an angle. Uh, like, quit trying to, you know, put us against each other. Like, stop. And I'm like, you guys you guys are fucking with us. This is, this is totally going to happen. It's got to happen on AEW. Don't go to fucking New Japan to, to sell us some bullshit. Put this... Put this on a fucking pay-per-view. Put this somewhere that we can see this in AEW land. Um, but after all this, you know, fun and business, there's also the big, the big deal that just happened. Santana and Ortiz getting a title shot next fucking week. Like, let's go, dude. I am so down for this. The matches that they had when they first came into AEW were fan fucking tastic. Santana and Ortiz, definitely one of my favorite tag teams in this division. I think they are so clean. They work really great. Ortiz, man, surprises the fuck out of me every single time. He pulls out something new, you know, and you think he's like the goofier one that sells in these weird ways, but then he brings out these these big moves that you're like, holy shit, I didn't really know he had this in him. And it's great. It's very refreshing. I mean, fucking Santana, dude. He works so fucking snug, so clean. I love the the Eddie Guerrero like uh, call outs that he does. The fucking uh, you know the three suplex snap suplexes that he holds on and he keeps keeps going are awesome. Um, he's got a, they just got a great look. I hope out of this whole inner circle thing, which we will get into a lot more, but I, I hope they come out um, on top with all this stuff. I really do. They I think they're really deserving of something like this. They work, they've worked really fucking hard. They've been in great fucking matches with, you know, inner circle and the elite stuff. Um, so we'll see what comes of this. After this, we had hangman, Adam page and Matt Hardy's little tiny promo. So because there's no really like, there's not a payoff for the end of this stuff. Um, I'm just going to go through the entire thing. So there's another segment that happens later. This time it was Matt Hardy basically telling Hangman, look, 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 I got a bar set up. You know, it, 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 all the drinks are on me. Don't worry about it. And he's like, it's on you. Yeah, yeah, I'll come. And and uh, so he he's, you know, walking away uh, after Matt, him and Matt Hardy have this little uh, engagement with Dasha sitting there. And he passes to Dark Order and they're all like, Oh, hangman on a page, like, uh, you know, just this really nice interaction, except for Anna J just kind of gives him the, like, get away from my kids mom look. <laughs> it's kind of what I get, like, uh, you know, uh, get away from, you know, my guys type shit. I don't know. It's so, it's so funny. I love that the BTE shit is spilling over into AEW and it makes you want to go watch. Uh, everything that's that's going on. Let me tell you what, if if you're an AEW fan, if you're listening to this show each and every week and you're not watching, there's there's three other things besides Dynamite that you can be watching to get more out of all of these people that actually makes sense. So being the elite YouTube series that drops every fucking Monday, okay? Sammy Guevara's vlog, 
drops every Tuesday, has just as much content as as being the elite does. Only it's you know focused around Sammy and his little group of friends. So you got those two things, and then plus dark. Uh, it it all helps. It all helps build all these little feuds and storylines. Like they all come together and have these big things on dynamite. So just do yourself a favor and go subscribe to those channels and, and start watching. Cause it's, it's great content. It really is. Um, so after this segment later on, uh, so, you know, hangman's drinking, he's having a good old time. Matt Hardy's faking drinking. He's like throwing, you know, the shots the other way. And it's like super blatant that he's doing it. And he, basically starts you know trying to get this you know drunk hangman which he's obviously not that drunk um to sign a contract like private party he's like you know i'll get 30 percent, but you'll be making millions so it won't even matter like don't worry about it this is going to be great uh and see i would put these promos in here but it's a lot more visual things that are going on than actual talking points uh, and so he hands him the contract and hangman's like, yeah, 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 I'm down. And, you know, Matt Hardy, like gets closer to the camera, like, oh man, when he wakes up tomorrow, he's going to be pissed or something like that. And you don't see it unless you look at hangman, but he switches the papers out. He pulls one out of his jacket, throws Matt Hardy's to the side, signs it and hands it back to Matt Hardy. He's like, you're going to be really happy about this. You're going to be making millions. And he goes, oh, I know I am. And he's smiling real big. Matt Hardy just rolls it up, puts it in the you know vanilla envelope and, and walks away. And it's a great fucking segment because I listen to Busted Open all the time and they had to go back and watch because they weren't paying attention to Hangman. They didn't even notice the paper switch. So these little subtle things that are building storylines are fucking fantastic. So next week, I'm hoping we get to see what comes of this paper switch. What did Matt Hardy actually sign? Uh, I mean, I did not give a fuck about this storyline. I said it probably last week or the week before that. Like this is just, I felt like it was going nowhere. Even though I like Matt Hardy and I like Hangman Adam Page, I just thought this was like, what, what are we doing here? And now I am so fucking ready for this. This is this is a way you build a storyline because there can be anything in that contract. I mean, anything. It could be a fucking, um, you know, what's it called? Or restraining order. It could be anything and everything that Hangman has cooked up here. He could own private party now. Like, it, you know what I mean? All these things could be put into play. Uh, it, it's just, it's great. Or maybe he's signing a, a match to where it's Matt Hardy, Hangman Adam Page against each other. Like, there's so many things that could be going on. Uh, I'm hoping that this is building to the pay-per-view, and I'm hoping it's a big match, like a big match. And I hope this becomes a feud, Hangman, and maybe the Dark Order guys. Maybe just, maybe just a little bit of Dark Order uh, versus Private Party and Matt Hardy. I think this that would go, you know, very well. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes out of all this Hangman Matt Hardy stuff. Um, I'm I really like Big Money Matt. I like this this like you know carny fucking uh, manager type wrestler thing that he's got going on. I think it's fun, especially because there's no crowds. So this is a great work to or great character work for Matt Hardy to dive into. Um, I'm glad he got rid of the the broken gimmick. Even though I like broken Matt Hardy, I think that would be a better use uh, when crowds are back. Like actual crowds 
back. Everybody can be chanting the delete. I think he'll bring it back for sure as soon as we get back to, you know, the way things used to be. Um, so after this, all this hangman stuff, we had the bastard, Pac, versus uh, the Hollywood hunk, Ryan Nemeth. So this match was actually pretty good. I I am not sold on Ryan Nemeth yet. I also haven't watched his brother at all, so I don't know what I'm supposed to be comparing it to. But as of right now, he's just so bland to me that he does like his character work. I I know he has only been on a couple matches and he gave one little promo that was like "You need to love me" type thing. But I'm hoping we get a little bit more, like more flash, more pizzazz, more you know, like I don't know have a different entrance gear like or or get new gear like do something to make yourself stand out a little bit more he just seems like so bland to me right now that I don't I'm just not interested but this match was pretty good there was a nice snap suplex from from him swinging DDT by Ryan uh, but black arrow into the brutalizer uh, for Pac getting the win here Um, I know I did see uh, his brother Dolph (laughs) took a screenshot of the the face that Ryan Nemeth had this this in pain like oh my god face and he's putting it as his profile picture on Twitter and Ryan's <laughs> commented on it no <laughs> oh man the 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 brotherly rivalry that's going on uh seems like it's going to be um fun to watch on Twitter for sure um Dude, the bastard Pac, man, he's just, he's like just one big fucking muscle, man. He's, he's ridiculous. That black arrow looks like it must fucking hurt when he's slamming all that weight on him. Because he comes down like a fucking uh, pallet of bricks. Um, I'm really liking what's going on here. So, I did see... Uh, that a match was scheduled for next week. It's going to be Ray Phoenix, um, Lance Archer, and Pac versus Eddie Kingston in the Butcher and the Blade. Um, man, I'm super excited for that. That's going to be uh, just a straight-up fucking war, man. I, I, I'm really excited for that. Um, after... After this, they kind of recap the Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford's wedding, uh, and Miro just basically says, we're not done with you, best friends. Uh, you know, I can't believe you guys did this. You ruined our wedding, all this type of stuff. And then, you know, Chuck and Orange Cassidy are just opening up this this bottle of, uh, like, champagne or something like that, like, celebrating. And he's like, what did you expect? Uh, you know, uh, Orange Cassidy and a cake. That's what you got. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I mean... For what it is, I like this uh, this stuff just for the time being to put these guys to further along the storyline because obviously Trent getting hurt was not the fucking plan. So him being out, um, you know, I pitched them putting uh, Sean Dean into the best friends, but now fuck that, dude. The infantry is a way better gimmick for Sean Dean. Both you know serving in the military, him and, and Carly Bravo is is a great fucking gimmick for them. Uh, because it's real and that's what we really like about you know when we put the real life stuff into you know this little not fake all the way fake world but you know what I mean like it's just nice to put in the the realism also it's a great way to tell stories it's a great way to further along stuff but 
I got off on a little tangent here. Anyways, Miro pissed, obviously. Um, so after this, you know, we get into the Jericho and stuff. Jericho and Inner Circle talking to MJF before the match, which I already covered. So we'll go straight into the match. The Acclaimed versus Jericho and MJF. Um, I do want to say MJF going after uh, a- Anthony Bowen's boyfriend on Twitter is pretty fucking funny. Like he's he's full blown going after him crazy. Um, and so the acclaim comes out. MJF is obviously hurt. Bowen's just cleaning house. Um, you know, this this match was fun. It really was. Uh, MJF really sold those ribs. Uh, Chris Jericho, man, I, I don't know what it is about him lately, but it's just not, it's not what I remember from the beginning of AEW. It seems like he's slowing down a lot more. Obviously he's older and, you know, he's, he's getting to that point, but man, I don't know what it is. I, I almost want him to be more of a uh, behind the guys right now and come out on special occasions, but maybe he's got to stay in there to not getting any ring rust to keep himself, uh, you know, in the mix. I, I don't really know exactly what they're going with this acclaimed storyline, but the acclaimed to me are fucking stars. Like they just have this showmanship written all over them. I love Max Caster's gimmick. Anthony Bowens is definitely the muscle behind his mouth. Um, I like what they're doing uh, with the tag team for sure. So this match is actually pretty fucking good, man. Um, I I, I definitely uh, didn't like the end. I think the acclaim should have went over here. Uh, I think Jericho doesn't need to win. I know they're trying to put over this, this storyline. So basically... Max gets, uh, you know, out of the ring and, and Jericho hits the Judas effect, you know, getting the pin. Uh, I just, man, it's, it's just weird. I don't know why. I know this is part of the story. So as soon as they get the win, the whole inner circle comes out. Sammy Guevara comes out and basically tells Chris Jericho, you know, Jericho's like, where were you, man? Like, why weren't you out here? Blah, blah, blah. And Sammy Guevara's, uh, basically said, look, he did it again. I told you in December, like if one more thing happened, I'm done. So I'm done. And they're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And he's like, I quit the inner circle. And Sammy Guevara came out through that heel tunnel when he came out, right? But when he leaves, he goes, he looks to the heel tunnel and then he goes out the face tunnel. So this is Sammy Guevara turning face. This is awesome. This is what great storytelling is uh really really hats off to them uh, i love where this is going hopefully this is a big feud mjf sammy guevara mjf uh and so obviously this is on the path to kick chris jericho out of the inner circle and have max and his gang of and you know dudes that do whatever he wants so there the what the reason i think that chris jericho keeps winning and the rest of the you know the Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hager and all that stuff, like they're kind of put on the back, bur- back burner is to get them to be like, Chris, you're always putting over yourself. You're never doing anything for us, blah, blah, blah. Like you even get all the wins um, with Max, stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's going to play all into the storyline. So I think there's going to be a big mutiny against Chris Jericho and he's going to be either on his own or 
maybe finally realize what MJF did, have a little, um, maybe he'll, he'll link back up with Sammy. Maybe that's what will happen. I don't know for sure, but I, I like where this is going and I'm pumped for it. After this, we, uh, you know, there was the hangman segment and stuff after this is the order, but we already talked about all that stuff. So after this sting comes out and, uh, before he can say one fucking thing, Taz interrupts. We've seen this before, only this time they have Darby Allen in a fucking body bag uh, and drive off with him dragging behind the car. Now, I know I, I see all these things like, oh, that's not real and blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that. Dude, Darby Allen's crazy enough to really let them zip him up in a body bag and just let that thing fucking drag. I guarantee it wasn't very long. I guarantee they drove a little bit and then got him up. I mean, it's enough to where he's probably not hurt. So I, I, I believe it. They only took the one camera shot. So it's not like they panned away or anything like that. It, there was no cut, you know, there was no way to cut from that. So he either had something underneath it. Maybe, you know, maybe he has his skateboard underneath him uh, under that. Cause the way that he pulled off was pretty quick. So that I could see that being a thing, but I just don't think Darby Allen is faking this shit when he does it. He's too he's too into the the cinematic of it and the look of it and when he does his own, you know, vignettes and promos, like all that shit's real, so why wouldn't this be real also? Um so let's see where this goes. Uh hopefully it's played I don't know. Sting coming out each and every week is played the fuck out just don't send them back up in the rafters till fucking uh, <laughs> revolution. Just pan up there and say, Sting is watching, blah, blah, blah. That's all I need. I don't need any more com- coming out, the big entrance and all that stuff. If I was there live, yeah, I'd want to see it. But I'd, I, mm, on TV each and every week, the same segment, they could be putting something else here. They could be putting over the women's division here. They could be putting over anybody fucking else here. Any other talent. They don't need Sting each and every week. They do the numbers. It's it's not needed. Um, so, next segment was Kenny Omega golfing. Uh, this is another thing where I, I thought about putting in the audio, but it's so much visual going on. So, Kenny Omega's full golf gear, polo, tucked in shirt, uh, you know, golf pants, golf shoes, everything like he looks serious and Alex Marvez popping up everywhere. is just fantastic. I, I really love this version of Alex Marvez where he just shows up in random things to get these interviews. Um, and Kenny Omega's like, no, stand back, shut up. I'm golfing. He hits this thing. It does go, goes nowhere near, uh, the whole, and you can see Don Callis in, in be far back, literally like kicking the ball towards the, towards the hole. I think it's Michael Nakazawa who is the caddy there. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know for sure, but it looked like his body and his build and they're putting it in the hole. And so Kenny talks about all this stuff going on and, and then goes up there and he's like, Oh, I got it in. Yeah. An Eagle. Uh, you know, however many of the day and him and Don Callis are like rejoicing over the, <laughs> the great golf game that he's having, obviously Don cheating for him. Um, it's a f- really funny segment. You got to go watch it. This, this version of Kenny Omega, this cocky attitude. I don't think he's the cleaner yet. We haven't got that, 
that full bore like the you know he's they've called him the cleaner they've called him this stuff this is totally different this is like an arrogant on top um suit wearing kenny omega like this is totally different uh the cleaner to me was more of a you know uh he was a heel but he also did really really petty shit in the ring like slapping people in the face especially if you go watch that homework that's the cleaner man smacking jay white around uh really doing vicious shit in the ring uh, like all that kind of stuff to me. This is this is a different version than that, and I'm liking it. I really do. I think this is a totally different spin on his character. Um, so I am here for everything Kenny Omega. Uh, still fucking hate Don Callis. God damn, I hate him. Um, so after this, we had legit Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Um, this was a great back and forth match. These big knees from Layla Hirsch, uh, Thunder Driver for the win. I think it's the Thunder Driver. It, it was definitely uh, a nice fucking finish to this match. They got a lot longer than I thought that they were going to get. Uh, Layla Hirsch looking great, uh, pulling off a lot of stuff, missing that big moonsault that I think cost her the match. But the beginning of this match was very technical. They're both really great wrestlers. So, um, it was a lot more realism put into this match, and they beat the shit out of each other for a little bit. It was it was really refreshing. I mean, Layla Hirsch hitting those Germans, those hold-on Germans, which was awesome. Um, I know we've all clamored for it, but I really hope Team Taz picks up Layla Hirsch, and, and Taz teaches her, like, the Taz mission or, uh, you know, some other some other shit that he used to do so she can just toss around girls because she looks like a little hoss. Like, this is what Taz looked like compared to all the big dudes uh, that he was wrestling back in the day. So I would like to see her get a little bit more of a character work done with uh, Taz coming out and supporting her and talking trash to everybody. I think that would be great. Um, But after this match, Jungle Boy cutting a promo on FTR. Just basically saying, Dax, you're going to be my bitch soon. Uh, I don't know if this is building to a tag match, if this is building to a trios tag match with Tolly being involved. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what this building to, like, because they already had their singles match where he tapped Dax out in the middle of the fucking ring. So I don't know what what more you want from them with just Jungle Boy. Like, this is... This is half. It has to involve everybody, right? That's. I mean, that's what would make sense. Um, I really hope FTR kind of stick it to Jurassic Express, not in like a you know demeaning way, but just kind of come out on top of this feud, just because they don't need to be doing this kind of stuff. They need to be hard hitting FTR that is you know putting on these killer fucking matches with uh, with the top of the tag division. Uh, they might just be trying to to build Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as, you know, putting them in top of the tag division, finally. But I think FTR could be doing better su- stuff. I think they could be feuding with people on Impact. Uh, I think they could be feuding with people uh, in New Japan now that we have that thing going. Like, they could be doing so many cool storylines here now. Um, so I hope this is quick, but, you know, I still like where it's going. Jungle Boy getting his his uh, shine here. Um, 
After this, we had the main event of Dynamite. Uh, this was Kenta and Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and the Murder Hawk Lance Archer uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere like lights out match, whatever you want to call it, unsanctioned. Um, dude, this match was a fucking car crash, like on the on the game. Uh, burnout i think that's what it's called where you try to make the coolest fucking crashes of all time this was a highlight reel of awesome car crashes um they went everywhere they went backstage they went into a kitchen they were hitting each other with potatoes uh kenta's hitting mocks with the the briefcase was awesome uh moon salt with the can from kenny omega that trash can moon salt it just looks like it fucking hurts uh archer with the ladder just smashing people with that uh, Kenta putting Mox through a chair, which is weird to say, but he literally set him up and then flew into him and flattened the chair. So he, it's, it's like he was going through a table, but he went through a chair. <laughs> it was fucking cool. Uh, Kenny getting, uh, put through Peter Avalon's like heart bed, which, uh, you know, it's, it was basically plywood with some padding on top of it and a pillow, <laughs> but it was still funny. A nice little segment there. Um, dude, I mean, this match was full of awesome, hard hitting moves all over the place. There was the, the, the counter V trigger, uh, hitting mocks. Um, and then, you know, Kenta hitting the diving foot stomps off of the, off of the stage onto Mox on a table, but the table didn't break. So he literally took that entire impact. It looked like he uh, fell right on his fucking face. Um, big choke slam by Lance Archer to Kenny was, it was just a sight to see. It was really fucking cool. Um, you know, walking the ropes, moonsault, he, he hit that. Uh, I really did like the backstage stuff with the, the potatoes and those metal tables. Those things are unforgiving. Like they do not have any give to them. They, uh, you know, getting slammed on something like that is, it doesn't break. It doesn't bend. It's, it's fucking, it's brutal, man. You know, being a false count anywhere match, obviously we were going to get the good brothers getting involved here. Uh, really, you know, outnumbering uh archer and mox uh i mean archer's still kind of giving it to him but in the end um a, a magic killer from the good brothers to archer a big v trigger and then they you know kenny tries to pick him up for the one wing angel can't pick this monster up so the good brothers come over and help kenny omega get him on top of his fucking shoulders they step back and Bam! Hits the one-winged angel for the end of this match. Kenny pinning the murder hawk in the middle of the ring. Uh, getting the win for him and Kenta. Holy fuck, this match was awesome. I really love this match. Like, this is the way you do these uh, lights-out matches. I do wish there was a little bit of thumbtacks. I'm just a thumbpack, bleh, thumbtack junkie. I love me some thumbtacks. Anytime they bring them out... Uh, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that always gets me hyped. Um, just like, you know, back in the day when, when the, you would hear the, the, the Dudley boys music and we knew we were getting some people going through tables, no matter, uh, what day of the week it was, if they were coming out, somebody's going through a fucking table. So 
when Mox has these lights out matches, I'm always thinking, oh yeah, here comes the thumbtacks. This is the greatest thing ever. Um, so that's the only part of this match that I wish happened that didn't happen uh, was thumbtacks. Uh, but yeah, all in all, fantastic match. Um, great way to end Dynamite to go off the air like that. And I, I, man, I just don't know where they go from here uh, in terms of like what the storylines are are going to cross into. I know they're obviously going to lead into this big pay-per-view match, but is it going to be um, Kenny Omega against Mox for the title again? Is that what, you know, the big match with Kenny Omega is going to be? I wonder if it's going to it's going to tail off here. Also, uh, I, I do have to make a correction from earlier. So it's John Moxley, Ray Phoenix and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston in the Butcher and the Blade. Um, it's not Pac. I thought it was for some reason. I, I, I just saw it wrong. But yeah, John Moxley, Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix versus Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade for next week on Dynamite. That is is going to be even crazier. That, that's a fucking killer match. Oh, yeah, wait, wait. They already did Pac, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix, didn't they? They already did that trio against uh, Eddie Kingston and the family. Uh, <laughs> either way, uh, I think maybe this is a way to bring back Pentagon, uh, to put him back in the mix. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. With all this, but it seems like there's so many storylines going on with all these top guys. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, where where does this title picture... Because, I mean, they have to defend the title at Revolution. Kenny's going to have to against somebody. I just don't know who and and what. Does, does John Moxley get a rematch uh, right away? I mean, do we want to see that? Or do we want to see him go against somebody else? I, I don't know. I don't know where where this all fits, what what is going to happen. Hopefully, maybe some New Japan guy comes in and there's a big match on Revolution. Uh, just because the, Mox and, and Kenny have been going back and forth and back and forth. Or maybe Lance Archer, title shot. Um, I wonder who's... I think John is number two right now, right? Yeah, he's, he's in second place. Behind him is Cody, and then under that is Pac, and then Ray Phoenix, and then Miro. Like what? I, mean, I don't understand these fucking singles division rankings. These are horrible. Uh, but Kenny and Darby title holders, obviously. Um, Cody can't go for the AEW World Championship, and he's in a different storyline. Uh, maybe Pac could challenge for the title. Maybe Ray Phoenix. Shit. Maybe Miro. I don't know. I, I don't. It's gotta be Mox then. Mox challenging for the title, or um. I don't know. That's weird. The women's ranking is even weird. Red Velvet is literally in second place. Like, she's all the way at the top. Four wins. Then Britt Baker, then Serena Deeb, then Ty Conti, then Thunder Rosa. That's, I mean, that's kind of weird. And then in the tag division, they got uh, the Young Bucks obviously having the titles. Um, they have Chris Jericho and MJF and number two... FTR right behind them, Jurassic Express under them, the Acclaimed uh, under them, and then Santana and Ortiz at the bottom of the list. But they're the ones getting the title shot next week. Um, so I wonder who's going to get involved in that match. If it, Maybe the the thing is that Chris Jericho and MJF get involved in the Santana and Ortiz match and, and cost them the match. You know how fucking great that would be? 
if this is where we get Santana and Ortiz leaving the inner circle, or not even leaving, I maybe this is where they kick out Chris Jericho after this this next match. But then Revolution is supposed to be MJF Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. So, hmm, I don't know. This storyline is definitely different. Um, but at the end of Dynamite, uh, we normally get straight into. The official match of the week. All right, guys. You know what the match of the week is this week. It is obviously Kenta, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and Lance Archer. I think this match was just absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, you've already heard all the great things I said about it just a minute ago. So. Uh, yeah, definitely the match of the week for me. I mean, the main events normally are, but sometimes you get them gems in the beginning of the night. Um, I mean, it was a close close call with Joey Janela and Darby Allen, uh, definitely. But I think the main event was just top-notch, just chef's kiss. It was just awesome. Um, so, you guys, don't forget to, uh, you know, Rate this podcast, give it five stars, five stars, and leave a little bit of a review. Uh, you can put over whatever you want in that review, too. I'm going to read each and every one of your guys' reviews on this show. If you'd like to hit me up on Twitter, at jenglert 88 or the official 100% Elite Podcast Twitter page, at 100ElitePod. Uh, and tell me what you think of the show. Tell me what you think of the homework. Uh, if the match of the week lines up with your match of the week. Shit, tell me what storylines you guys are interested in. I don't care what it is. Let's talk some pro wrestling. If you want to talk to me about other shit besides AEW, hit me up. I'm there. I'm down to talk. Whatever it is. Um, but yeah, if you're on an Apple device, please, please, please leave a review um, and I will read them on the podcast. Don't forget, guys. Don't forget. Um, tune in next week uh, so we can talk more AEW, talk more storylines, uh, and stay tuned for next week's homework. It's going to be a fantastic uh, one for sure. And um, it's going to be a fantastic episode next week. I'm, I'm probably going to have a guest. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But uh Definitely, thanks for tuning in each and every week. I appreciate you guys so fucking much. It means the world to me that you guys are sticking by me, sticking with me, and making sure that this podcast is on that uh, you know upward trajectory. Um, so yeah, share it with your friends. Do whatever you want. Let uh, you can tag me on Twitter in in your posts. Um, I'll, I'll put you guys over for sure. Uh, you could share this on Facebook really easily too. Um, you know, somebody on your timeline might like pro wrestling. You just might not know it. So share that bitch, uh, and let's get some more people in this community. Um, but without further ado, I will see you guys on the next one.